0: This is Amy Hill. Thanks for tuning in to Amy on the Hill, a podcast born out of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, which says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Thanks for listening. In case you think you may have tuned into the wrong podcast, I do want to assure you this is South Jersey's own Amy Hill. And yes, I did just say, "Hey, y'all." I have seriously uh, been fighting the use of "y'all" for about 15 years. Uh, I think I was first exposed to the word in about 2001 when my younger sister was attending college at the University of richmond in richmond virginia and being a philly girl i thought it was poserish to use the word but today on the podcast i want to officially state for the record that i uh seriously don't care anymore y'all is a convenient word we have no word like it in the new york philly area and i'm tired of avoiding its use Um, just for the sake of being authentically Philly. So I'm officially adopting the word y'all into my Philly vocabulary, and I want to invite you to do the same thing. If you're not Southern and you want to use the word, who cares, y'all is a good word. I support you in using it. We can use it if we want to. All right, y'all, are y'all with me? Are y'all finding another podcast to listen to? (laughs) don't go. No, seriously. Um it's on for me with y'all and I support anyone else who wants to use it. The end. Okay. So, now that I've said my piece on that, I do want to again say welcome. Thanks for listening. I want to start our time off together today with a moment of prayer as we do each week here on the podcast. So, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, take a moment, even if you're in a public place if possible, Try to find a quiet nook where you can completely focus for a couple minutes. Uh, If you can't find a nook, you know, don't worry. Just try to stop and tune in with your full attention here as we pray. Lord God, we come to you in Jesus's name and we thank you for this privilege. We thank you that uh, we're able to come before you, that you've invited us to approach you in prayer. Help us not to take this for granted. So many in the world don't pray because so many don't know you as a personal God. We can't imagine our lives without you. So we thank you uh, for bringing us to this place, to this moment where because of Jesus, we have entered into a conversation, entered into a relationship with our Creator. Thank you for caring about each one of us individually, Uh, the person in the car, the person in the kitchen, the person in the bathroom, the person exercising. I'm here in my office, Lord, and you see and know Each one of us, you've promised never to leave us or forsake us. And in your faithfulness to us, you've led us all the way. You led all of our lives uh, up to this moment, Lord. And your faithfulness to us is, it's breathtaking, God. And uh, after everything, after everything we've been through in our lives, Lord, here we are. You haven't given up on us, Lord. You're determined to continue the good work you've started in us. And Lord, we ask you to make us willing to submit ourselves to you in this work. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. This is our prayer, Lord. Help us to be like clay in your hand. Make us malleable. Help us to respond willingly to you as you form us into the people you intend for us to be. We are the work of your hand. Please allow this book study and podcast to be one small tool you use to bring about your good work in us. We pray that you would use this time. We dedicate this time to you and uh, ask that you would be glorified through it. We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for praying with me. Today, as many of you know, We're going to be discussing our first reading out of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, Overwhelmed by a Relentless God. Crazy Love is our second book study here on the podcast during the season of Lent. um, We read through the Gospel of Mark along with Timothy Keller's book, Jesus the King. And this time, as we read through Crazy Love, we'll again be reading through portions of the Bible as well. This time, uh, we'll be reading through the book of James and we'll also be reading through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And as I mentioned last week, uh, that's because as much as we can benefit from reading and dissecting books like Crazy Love, we need to make sure not to neglect direct reading from the Bible. I know Francis Chan would adamantly agree that his writing is secondary to the inspired scriptures, and we should all primarily be students of the scriptures uh, teachers like francis chan and timothy keller can really help us uh, to understand the scriptures though so it's really beneficial uh, for us to do both but we just never want to neglect the reading of god's word for ourselves so this week uh, in our reading we read james chapter 1 and we read the foreword and preface to crazy love If you are new to the podcast, welcome. You don't need to read along in order to benefit from our discussion today. I hope you'll stick around. Uh, Some of our listeners opt not to participate in the reading assignments, and that's okay. Uh, I do want to invite you to join us in the reading, though, we're just getting started here, so you're in no way behind if you want to read along. Just grab a copy of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, and check out the reading schedule under the resources section of my website, amyonthehill.com. Okay, so diving in, as I mentioned last week, when I first resolved to work through this book with all of you here on the podcast, my initial attitude was kind of like, yeah, Crazy Love. That was a great book. I remember I was really impacted by that. You know, I'll dig that out and dust it off and zip through it and, you know, brush up on some things I need to be reminded of and help everyone else out there kind of work through the same. Um, But as our start date approached and as I started praying about my study of this book and the podcast, I started to sense that the Lord had something else in mind, Uh, something a little more than a dust off and a brush up. And I don't know uh, what else to say other than uh, that. I'm on the same side of this equation as you. Um, I don't know what the Lord has in store, but I do believe Uh, that he wants to do a work in my life through this book again. He doesn't want me uh, to read it just as a way to refresh my memory. He wants me to read it with fresh eyes. And I'll tell you what, uh, that kind of scares me, because this book is no joke. I at least remember that about this book. It's a challenging book. It asks uncomfortable questions specifically about our level of comfort as American Christians and you know I don't know if I necessarily want to think uh, too much about those type of things but I will say uh, that every place every single place God takes me is sweeter than I could have imagined we seem to be going in the opposite direction of my wish list much of the time. Um, But somehow when I'm walking along with the Lord, we end up in the center of my heart's deepest desires. And so uh, I'm a little terrified. I'm a little terrified about reading this book again, but I'm also filled with great anticipation. I'm excited. Uh, because I believe there is a challenging but rewarding path that's being laid before us. And so, so long as the Lord promises to hold our hand through it, uh, I'm totally up for walking this path with him and with all of you. And the Lord has promised to hold our hand. Psalm uh, 37 verses 23 and 24 say that the steps of a man are established by the Lord, And he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. The Lord is the one who holds his hand. You can also check out Psalm uh, chapter 119 verse 173 and Psalm chapter 73 verse 23. Those are other verses that also reference the Lord holding our hand and, uh, So we've got this. All right. We're in this together. (laughs) And of course, the Lord is with us. In the preface of Crazy Love, Francis Chan wrote that this book was written for people who want more of Jesus and for those who don't want to hit a plateau in their relationship with the Lord. I really hope this is me, and I really hope this is you. I hope that uh, we are people who want more of Jesus, and we're people who don't want a plateau in our relationship with the Lord. Francis uh, went on to say he hopes reading this book will convince us of this, that by surrendering ourselves Totally to God's purposes, He will bring us, God will bring us the most pleasure in this life and the next. Uh, Francis said, I hope it affirms your desire for more God, even if you are surrounded by people who feel they have enough God. Okay, so that's the author's objective in this book to convince us that by surrendering ourselves totally to God's purposes, God's going to bring us the most pleasure in this life and the next. And also, Francis wants to affirm our desire for more God, even if we're surrounded by people who feel they have enough God. Are you game for that? And if so, what do you think that means? What do you think it means that God will bring us the most pleasure in this life and the next? There's a well-known quote by St. Augustine that says, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they find themselves in you. Again, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find themselves in you. Besides reading Crazy Love, I'm also reading a book uh, entitled This Is Our Time by Trevin Wax. And in that book, Trevin Wax references Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, which says, "The heart is more deceitful than anything else, and incurable. Who can understand it?" Again, that's Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is more deceitful than anything else, and incurable. Who can understand it? Trevin says, "Figuring out what your heart wants." Is actually harder than pursuing what your heart wants. Figuring out what your heart wants is actually harder than pursuing what your heart wants. What What do you think that means? <laughs> Why do you think that is? Um, Trevin uh, in in his book This Is Our Time goes on to explain the longing to have the desires of your heart is right. Um, But the lie is that your heart can tell you exactly what those desires are. Um, In other words, our hearts lie to us. Our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts tell us we can get fulfillment from people or power or things other than God. But again, through this book Crazy Love, Francis Chan's objective is to convince us that by surrendering ourselves totally to God's purposes, God is gonna be the one who will actually bring us the most pleasure in this life and the next. The perfect career won't bring you the most pleasure in this life and the next. Cool friends won't bring you the most pleasure in this life and the next. Money, your spouse, your children, the perfect house, perfect body Instagram followers podcast downloads these will not bring you the most pleasure in this life or the next even though that's what our hearts are telling us our hearts are deceiving us in that regularly but uh, surrendering ourselves to God's purposes that's actually going to bring us the most pleasure in this life and the next Uh, And that's what we're going to be getting into throughout this book. Uh, This life, this life is really short. I'm going to be celebrating my 38th birthday soon. And with each year that passes, time seems to pick up the pace. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but my mother-in-law and I were just talking about this the other day. And we were saying, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that I met my husband, that's her son, and uh, his little three-year-old nephew, her grandson, Ira. um, He was three years old when we met, and now he's driving and looking at colleges. And I mean, for sure, it feels like some time has passed, but not that much time. I mean, it's incredible to me how quickly time goes. Uh, And in our reading of James chapter one this week, we were reminded in verses nine through 10 that like a flower of the grass, the rich brother will pass away. Like a flower of the grass, the rich brother will pass away for the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Where are we striving to get pleasure in this life? Are we completely fulfilled? Will we regret the way we chose to spend our lives? Are we sensitive to the fact that our lives are fading away in the midst of our pursuits? that Francis clarified at the outset of this book that this isn't another book written to bash churches. He said, I think it's far too easy to blame the American church without acknowledging that we are each a part of the church and therefore responsible. Um, I think especially today, uh, if you look at the kind of climate, especially on like social media, I think this is an important reminder. that We cannot blame the American church without acknowledging that we are each a part of the church and therefore responsible. Now, I realize that some of you out there might be thinking, well, I'm not a part of any church, so I'm not responsible. But the church Francis is talking about here is not a church building or a specific denomination Uh, if that's what you're thinking about you're thinking of the visible and local church as opposed to the invisible and universal church and here francis is talking about the invisible and universal church so for those of you who may not be sure what is meant by the invisible and universal church Uh, i looked it up a good definition i found was actually on focusonthefamily.com and focusonthefamily.com describes the invisible and universal church as all believers everywhere it's one church united in christ not many physical church buildings. Also, uh, whereas everyone in the universal church is a true believer, that's not necessarily true in the visible and local churches. So going to your local church doesn't make you part of the invisible and universal church. Only true believers are part of the invisible and universal church. Uh, And that is not a church that is bound by Uh, denomination, race, age, education. Uh, The invisible and universal church is not even bound by church attendance. If you are a true believer, you are a part of the invisible and universal church. And again, just going to a physical church building without having Uh, true faith or true belief in Christ does not make you a part of the invisible and universal church. Um, Okay, so again, I appreciate Francis acknowledging that we cannot blame the American church without acknowledging that we as believers are each a part of the church and therefore responsible. We're not exempt from this. We can't, you know, bring down any judgment here without bringing it down on ourselves. Uh, At the same time, however, I also appreciate Francis's willingness to acknowledge that many of us today are justified in asking questions regarding the commitment of the American church. Because a lot of people are questioning the commitment of the American church and their questions aren't without merit. Uh, Starting at the bottom of page 21, Francis writes, we need to stop giving people excuses not to believe in God. You've probably heard the expression, I believe in God, just not organized religion. I don't think people would say that if the church truly lived like we are called to live. The expression would change to, I can't deny what the church does, but I don't believe in their God. At least then they'd be able to address uh, the rejection of God rather than use the church as a scapegoat. And here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Francis writes next. We're going to look at how the Bible calls us to live our lives. It's important that we not measure our spiritual health by the people around us who are pretty much like us. So in this book, we're going to look very literally at how the Bible uh, calls us to live our lives. And we're not going to instead measure our spiritual health by the people around us who are pretty much like us here in the American church. And that's what makes this book so terrifying and so exciting. Okay, so now that we have an idea of what's in store. I hope you'll join me in praying that God would make us brave enough to think about these things anew. Especially for those of us who have read this book before, let's not look to get a quick refresher on a really radical book we once read. Let's ask the Lord to help us evaluate our lives as if um, these were things we were considering for the very first time. In some ways I think the challenge may be a little greater for uh, us those of us who have read the book already uh, you know that we not allow uh, the familiar teachings in this book to be white noise to us but instead to recognize you know how far we still have to go and to be willing to be challenged all over again Um, proverbially so much of what we learn can go in one ear and right out the other. But in James chapter one, verses 22 through 25, we were reminded this week that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Again, that was James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, and this week we'll be reading James chapter 2, and also chapter 1 of Crazy Love. Chapter 1 of Crazy Love is entitled, Stop Praying, which... Sounds like a crazy title, but this is actually uh, one of the first three chapters in this book that relate to our view of God. and our reading of the preface this week, Francis said the first three chapters of Crazy Love address our view of God. And according to Francis, these first three chapters may contain familiar uh, material, for all of us, but he says they're absolutely foundational to this book, and so he asked us to allow the words to communicate old truths to our heart in a fresh way, okay? So this week, again, we'll be considering our view of God in Crazy Love Chapter 1, Stop Praying, and as our Bible reading for the week, we'll be reading James Chapter 2. Interestingly, as you read Chapter 1 this week, you'll also see that Francis directs you to watch a short video, and every chapter of this book actually has a short corresponding video. You can find these videos at crazylovebook.com, or you can find these videos under the resources section of my website, amyonthehill.com, if that's easier for you. Also if at any time you'd like to view a copy of our reading schedule, you know you can also pull that up under the resources section of amyonthehill.com. If you have any questions or comments about our reading this week, or if you just want to connect, I'd really, really love to hear from you. I always love hearing from you. So you could find me uh, at my website, amyonthehill.com, on Twitter and Instagram, under the handle amybxhill, A-M-Y-B-X-H-I-L-L, and on Facebook, Uh, just search Amy on the Hill, and be sure to like and follow uh, my Facebook page. Now, as we close, Please receive the blessing of this benediction from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.